Vinny, my guy. Johnny Anthem. I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a little cold up here. That's Buffalo for you, baby. I know. It's that, I was that, just telling that, my mom. That fool's that fool's uh fool's spring, I think they call it. Get a couple warm yeah. days and then the snow rolls in. Dude, I was just telling my mom too, like how I love living here because there's no there's no, in my opinion, I don't think there is comparable summers to like what Buffalo is in the summer in terms of like the weather. But even though that sounds idiotic because you got places like Miami, LA, all that, but you get what I'm saying. But I was just telling her, I'm like, yo, this is it. I'm done with these cold winters. <laughs> like I need to find somewhere else to live. Buffalo's a good spot if you like uh, the four seasons. I'll give you that. Yeah, no, falls. I like the fall the best. Absolutely. Yeah, you, nice but... autumn leaves. Mm-hmm. So red. you're you're down in Virginia now, Rich correct? Virginia. What like what prompted that? Like what like what was the move down to Richmond? So I was in Buffalo, went through a few things uh, that hit me pretty deep. Uh, I didn't really know where I was going with everything, you know, spinning my tires, not catching any traction. Uh, my brother moved down here about two years ago, so I'm doing very well. Everything like that. Decided, you know. He called me. I was going to move in July. He called me last February. End of February, he's like, hey, you're supposed to move here, you know, a few months out. How about March 13th? At the time, it was pre-COVID and everything. I was like, I, I, I think I could do that. And that was – it was 17 days out. So the next day, I put my two weeks in at Russell Steaks Shopping Mall. Uh, and then I had to, uh, you know, get everything rolling, figure out my, uh, my financials, what I was going to do, what I'm taking, what I'm leaving at home. Um, so March 12th, as you know, Trump goes on TV and shuts the whole world down. I, uh, get in the Penske truck a day later and move on out and timing couldn't have been any better. Um, I mean, I moved down here, started figuring myself out, diving deeply into, uh, who I am as a person, you know, and trying to get all that instead of, uh, what I was trying to be. But I mean, that's the short story of how I got here and yeah, that's really it. All right. Well, rewinding a little bit, what, like when you, when your brother, you said that you just, you were, your brother was like, you know, I've been doing well for myself. I'm, you know, I'm down in Virginia. Um, and kind of, you were just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm out. Was that the mentality behind it? Or were you like planning on leaving or were you just like, like you said, you weren't in the best of space. So were you just like waiting for that opportunity to come for somewhere just to like go or were you like planning it? Like what was the thought so, behind all that? on that aspect, when I was 18, I moved to California, you know, just up and at it, you know, had $700 in my pocket and two months rent paid in Santa Barbara. Um, so, I mean, that I've always been that kind of wing it, you know, see what happens on that aspect, you know, try to get somewhere else. I, I, Buffalo, I love everything about it and all that. But at that point, exactly when I moved, I knew that I wanted more. I, I, I What I was doing the past five years, you know, I was just at the same restaurant working the same exact job, you know, making good money and everything, but nothing was going to come to fruition out of that. So at, at that point, it was I saw how well he was doing down here. He was just about to hit his two two year mark. Uh, and he called me a few times. I saw him growing as a person and everything in that aspect. So I was like, I think, uh, I think it's that time, you know? So then three months went and I was thinking about it every day, every day, every day, but scared to pull the trigger. And then just need that little bit of push off the ledge, uh, let my wings get underneath me. 
Yeah, no, I know this may sound kind of corny, but the rapper Russ, he has a book uh, called It's All in Your Head. And I'm not trying to like promote like self-help shit, but um, I didn't mean it to come across that way. But you get what I'm saying. Um, He has a chapter in the book where he talks about like, just like, just jump. Your wings will catch you like and they'll take you. Whereas if you never like make the jump and you don't go because you're like scared of what could be, it's like you actually don't put yourself in a position to be blessed by like an opportunity that can lead into something that you always wanted, but you just couldn't see it all the way through. So you didn't really realize that there was potential light at the end of that tunnel. Exactly. Yeah. To touch on that, it's like uh, when a bird's sitting on a branch, you know, it's, it's not scared of the branch breaking. It's got the trust in its wings too. You know, if it does break, then it's able to fly. So that touches perfectly on what, uh, what Russ had to say about that and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Is now is your brother, what does your brother do down there? Do you work with him? Or so, yeah. I work, just living together. No, I live with him. You know, he brought me in. Um, let me, uh, he has a nice little place down here, you know, extra bedroom and everything. And it was just me and my pop Moke. So I was like, all right, me and Mocha hooked up my. Do hook, you still have the garage set up? <laughs> no, no. You no, guys are up top. No more garage set up, no. Um, yeah. But no, he was doing good. And uh, I'm living with him. He was working for. Uh, a private real estate investor down here. You know, uh, I moved during COVID, like I said, so everything got shut down. I, I plan to come get a job, you know, work, work elsewhere. And realistically couldn't really find anything at that point with COVID going on. So, I mean, I, I moved down here, kind of collected unemployment for a bit, you know, as, as 98% of the world did, you know, and, and I was just sitting around, you know, and I'm not one to sit and fold my hands. So, I saw what he was doing. I saw their company growing for the real estate space, you know, and with the, with everything going on with COVID related, uh, the real estate industry is kind of booming right now. So they were growing. Uh, they just fired their recruiter. I've recruited in my past life for uh, a few jobs ago and uh, figured, Hey, I think I can help you out. You guys out with that. Went through the process, I'm working with, uh, working with him at his company. And uh, that's how that all lined up. You know, he who folds his hands, poverty shall uh, set upon. So, I had to go out and get something new and try something, make a leap. Yeah, you're feeling pretty stoked today. I like it. <laughs> I feel good. This, this is uh, this is who I've felt like for the past, say, eight months. It's almost a year. One March 13th will be one year since uh, since I up and at up and at him out of uh, Buffalo, made it here. Yeah, that's it's actually crazy to think about how fast like the time has gone because I was just, I mean, you know, six. Um, I was just talking to him and we were saying how like this time last year we were in Denver and it literally seemed, I mean, Denver, we were only there for about three, three and a half months, but it felt like, I mean, it was last year at this time that we pretty much were like, okay, like the city got shut down. We're in our Airbnb until April 1st. Like we don't really, like, I just got into real estate there as I am anywhere I've gone, but like starting up you know it takes time to like make some money and then with everything being shut down you know he he both of us were just like yeah we don't really we kind of like really don't have jobs and uh our lease is up april 1st so like i think it's time to just head back home um and that entire time that we were in march or like in march the last month we were there actually all we did was we would just wake up every day, go work out, uh, go grab breakfast somewhere new, and then uh, just start hiking in random ass spots, like just exploring Colorado. And um, I've never been out there besides like when we would play uh, Denver and Air Force in college in lacrosse um, when I was at Hobart. 
but like just the idea of just going out there and just exploring and just saying like fuck it and just going um i think has a very beneficial value to a lot of people like in their life like not trying to sound like a preacher or anything i just know like it's worked for me and helped me figure out things along the way. Is that like kind of like what Virginia has done with you so far? Yeah. So like I looked at it as, Hey, I want to go, I want to go somewhere. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know if it'd be Richmond. I don't know if it'd be California again, you know? So I looked at it as maybe, maybe things are going to fall into place mentally, maybe more financially for me and everything, but with anything in life, you're, you're never as ready as you are right now, you know? So it was just, you can wait things, you know, you're in a bad relationship. Oh, maybe they'll pan out three, six, eight, ten a year from now and, and, and nothing's getting better, you know. And it's like ripping that bandit off, taking the leap of faith, you know, jumping, maybe, maybe seeing if it sticks and you know, throwing shit at a wall, seeing if it until it sticks. And that's how I got here. And that's what that was the kind of the mentality, yeah. I know I mean, from knowing you personally, um, because we've known each other for at least 10 years now because i'm trying to think like high school is what 2012 and it's yeah so it's been a while um what, what that's nine okay but before then but um i know you like to jump around a lot to travel to do new things meet new people when you first went out to cali was that your intention or were you just like fuck it i, I want warm weather so i i used to visit california like every every other year i had uh, family friends out in san, in san francisco and my cousins i'd like to call them um but no blood relation but i used to go there every other year from the time i was two to the time i was 16. So I've been out there a whole bunch and everything. And, and my buddy was going to school out there in, uh, in Santa Barbara and he asked me to go. Three months later, I'm uh, driving a Penske truck across, uh, across the nation. And, you know, that's probably one of the most beautiful things I ever did, but that's how that panned out. And yeah, it was in hopes of, you know, getting a, uh, I didn't even go to college yet, you know, in hopes of getting a, uh, a job where I could just pay some rent, you know, live my life a little bit, see some beautiful scenery uh, every morning when I wake up. But that was kind of the aspect. And kind of uh didn't pan out how i liked it to but hey at least i lived in santa barbara for three and a half months and you know enjoyed myself what was where what route did you take like what was that drive oh to cali first night we hit chicago stayed there for a day second night i think it was boulder stayed there for a night um third night was las vegas and then day four we were pulling into santa barbara at 12 a.m you uh you like chicago i think because I think I think it's an incredible city for people that haven't been. Yeah, like, I think it's like a it's like a cousin in New York, but a little bit cleaner. Absolutely. Uh, my oldest brother was in the Navy, so uh, I went to Chicago for a long week when he graduated out of boot camp and everything. But I mean, I was 13, 14 years old. But that's the first time I was like, "Damn, Chicago is pretty nice." Like you said, a little New York City, and it's kind of a it, it was winter time, so it's the same as Buffalo with that oh, that lake yeah. effect. So I didn't get to do too much, but. Got some, got some deep dish pizza, and, and yeah, didn't see Wrigley, didn't see anything like that. But I thought Chicago was very uh, beautifully aesthetic. Yeah, I got, I got lucky because when I was there, I went to visit my buddy Frank, um, who was my roommate at Hobart. He was there temporarily working there, and I was also going to see one of my friends, Grace, who was playing lacrosse at Marquette at the time. But that was the spring, so I didn't get any of the cold weather. So I I luckily had a good experience. The only thing that I absolutely hated, because I have a weird, irrational fear that walking on those, like, glass, like you ever see, like, the super tall, like, skyscrapers? They have the glass floors and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I have the most irrational fear that the second I w- step on one, down, <laughs> I go, die, bye, I'm, I'm out, like, I'm dead. 
but uh, I went to the Skybox in Chicago, which is like the big glass box that hangs over the, the city, and it's on the it's on the outside of the building, but you are inside when you're inside the building. If that makes sense, and I don't even know if I'm describing it right, but they were doing two people at a time, and I was paired up with this little kid, and he is just jumping the entire time that we're in there, the box is shaking. And I was so scared shitless, bro, that I couldn't even like turn my neck to be like, Hey, can you stop? And I thought, and like in my head, I was going to, but all I could have possibly done was just a whisper of like, Hey, could you stop? Cause I was so <laughs> fucking scared, bro. I was so scared. You're like silent, silently threatening. I'm like, go oh, knock that shit off. Dude, the cars looked like ants, first of I all. Bet. And when I, I waited, I didn't even, like, I went, and as soon as I saw how many people were there, it's a tourist trap. Like, I was waiting in line for almost, like, a half hour. And I was like, you know, I'm already up here. I might as well just go see it. And the second I got put in that box and that kid's jumping up and down, I'm like, oh, God, please don't let this be my last second on earth. <laughs> not but, one for um, nights, I take it. Uh, no, not really. Not, like, I could do roller coasters and shit like that, but not um standing six foot two six foot three off the ground and yeah but that's the other thing you don't really realize how tall you are like i don't think i'm a tall person until i go around other people and then i'm like all right i'm kind of yeah i'm a a a little i'm a little guy but yeah so (sighs) we're now traveling obviously is like something that's big with you um you went to where again cambodia and croatia yeah i've been to both those but uh those are two separate trips one was uh southeast asia you know saw cambodia singapore um thailand malaysia things like that and then uh i went to croatia for my graduating class at above state we went and uh did two weeks uh i did a the depopulation of croatia i studied those demographics uh, and so the whole time I was there was really studying why the population is is decreasing, you know, worse than really anywhere else in the world. But to touch on that, I mean, it's because all the smart people of Croatia, you know, the dentists, the doctors, the lawyers, they're all moving to Stockholm, Berlin, somewhere, you know, Rome, Paris, anywhere like that. So, I mean, all the smart people are leaving. So, I mean, it's a big tourist country. But when I was there, we... Uh, we volunteered at a little Roma, the Roma Gypsy students. So they're the oldest, uh, I'd say the oldest inhabitants of, of Europe. And uh, we went there and we volunteered at a school for a little bit, helped out with uh, with some students, teaching them some English and all that. So that was a really cool experience too, yeah. How old were you when you did that? 23. What made, like, what made you want to do it? Because I think the whole you volunteering with those kids and, and like the pictures you showed me and stuff like that, like those kids obviously like adored you and all the other volunteers because it's just like, I, I mean, I don't know what their perspective is on it, but like, I mean, you, you can elaborate more on that. Like they don't live in the best conditions, but somehow like they're the happiest little people around the earth. Absolutely. So that's the craziest thing. So when you go and volunteer, it's like a perspective shift. Absolutely. When you go really anywhere and you go to, you know, if you're uh, never been to uh, new Delhi or anywhere in India and all that, but you go to the, these, Second world countries, you know, they're there, but they're not there. And you see everything and they're running around playing no no shoes on. They're playing with a soccer ball on the street and everything. And all these people want to come in and, and fix that situation and help them out, you know, start raising money, this and that. It, once they see that aspect of there's more, you know what I mean? It kind of mm-hmm. pulls them into that trap of this made me happy for a bit, but I was happy previously. So it's like that constraint of how much you can give to people like that versus – how much you don't want to give to people like that, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Now do those like something I always found interesting um, was like when I was in Mexico, we were, I forget exactly where we were, but like where we were, there was, it was very, there was a lot of huts. It was very run down. You've seen like police with, you know, ARs. Like it's like, you're, you're aware of your surroundings because you're not in the nicest of areas, but we saw, like you said, like no shoes. We saw these kids, little kids, they had to have been at least like maybe like six, seven, eight at the absolute oldest all playing soccer playing basketball like and it's not in the best conditions like they're damn near playing on rocks but they're just like the happiest little kids and so as a kid i don't like you don't really you're not aware of like what's going on in the world because you have that innocence of the youth what um what was their like reaction to like you guys coming in and helping out and donating like all the school supplies that you did and being in class with them so they saw it as Europe's a little more, you know, developed than what we've been talking about. Middle of Mexico, middle of uh, India. But yeah. I mean, there, so it's like they have a little bit, but they're very appreciative of what we had to bring. They're not used to, you know, I mean, people coming in and, and just spending time with them. So spending two weeks with them, you know, and just playing all these games, teaching them English, everything like that. So, I mean, I think that that touched them at, at, at their heart a bit. But for me, it was so they were smiling the whole time, this and that. But I think I left there smiling more than than they really were, you know, it's, which is the weirdest thing. Like almost uh, as stereotypical as be the difference you want to see in this world, all that. But I mean, really how it was. But I mean, I think it, I took more from it than they really did, to be completely honest. Yeah, did now did it vastly change your perspective on life? Like, not to sound deep, but like just like how you looked about looked at things, thought about your own life, and then like, all right, I'm coming back to all I have, and just like kind of like that perspective behind it. That really didn't. But there's another store, another topic that I'd, I'd segue into if you want that answer. So I will. Um, yes, we. Just got to Cambodia. We landed, you know, so it's a nice little airport and everything. You get 500 feet. You get a mile outside of the airport and it's just mm-hmm. nothing. It's realistically nothing. So we're sitting there and we, I have my suitcase, my book bag, my brother's there, his suitcase, his wife has a suitcase, this other friend that we had that went with us. So there's five suitcases, six book bags and three purses all in this little tuk-tuk driver, a little, little cabbie thing, riding us around and when I got out, when I left that airport and we're riding in that tuk-tuk driver or in the tuk-tuk, that's when it hit. Like, these people don't have much. These people, you know, and then I'm we're all riding around, things stacked to the top of everything. And I don't want to say that I was, I was cry- like at tears. I was damn near at tears from what had happened. I just felt like that was a, a big eye opener on on materialism and like having, you know, we always want new Gucci belt. We always want the new air forces that drop or the new Jordans like this or that. And that was like a big thing to me was there was just people all around, you know, working hard to make ends meet and everything. You know, they took the drivers and all that. That was like, I came here with half of my closet, you know, and it was just like a, a real retroactive feel to what I was living like and what I, I, I didn't want to be living like anymore. Now, when you came back after having that experience and, you know, going through what you just said, did you did you switch up anything? Like, did you make any changes in your life or did you, you know, um, do anything differently to figure out like how to implement like that euphoric, like happiness that you felt in realizing what was going on? 
in back into your day-to-day life if that makes sense as a maybe question. not right away i think that came a lot more when i moved to virginia i'd say i, I did do that i'm becoming a lot more unmaterialistic and have being happy with the things that i have comparing to the wants that i want like you know and uh-huh. so i don't i don't think it hit me very hard and it was I'm living lavishly, and you know, I'm middle. I'm, I'm a middle class kid from Buffalo, New York. You know, what I mean, suburbs kid, just like you and I both grew up. So we didn't have it all. We didn't have nothing. Because that was a good feeling. But there, it was like they didn't. They didn't have anything, and they're a thousand times happier than all of we are. So it, it was just a weird switch about that. So to answer your question, no, I didn't change it up right away. But it all came through to me like when I moved to Virginia, I started becoming a lot more mindful of those things around me, things I say, things I do, you know what I mean? Like kind of have more control over that situation. And, and and that was really it. Now, one thing you just said, uh, like being mindful, that's like something like recently that I've been uh, like getting into in a sense, um, just from like myself, like, do you think that there is kind of like how you're saying minimalism and stuff like that, like not having a lot of, you know, things per se, Do you think that that comes from like our environment of like how we're raised and how we grow up? Or do you think that like, it's just been just strictly because of uh, social media and how like instant everything is. And then like you see someone you follow wearing something. So you buy it just because, and then you're like, I don't even know why I'm buying that. Like that shit don't even make me happy, but um, it's like almost like a facade that like, I need those things before I'm like happy as a person. So growing up, pre-social media days you know what i mean i was still playing kick the can and everything until i was 13 years old outside with my neighbors and everything like that tag all the good stuff and then we transitioned into the social media period you know we're in high school and facebook just came out you know our seventh eighth grade facebook's just started to come out and everything and and that, that was a cool transition into the availability of seeing what everyone's doing tonight or you know and then but like you said you get the facade of oh the celebrities wearing this shirt i need that i think that I took it, maybe you, maybe I think everybody in our environment really did it as we, I saw my friend with a new pair of kicks or, or a new shirt or something like that, or walking around high school or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I want that. But the more we see, like you said, instantaneous, oh, oh, this, this rapper's driving this Maserati, I want that. Or he's wearing this shirt, these shoes, this belt, like then it became more and more as I went on. So I'd say, that was a start was high school. Um, now with social media, yeah, it's definitely a drop off, but then uh, or uh, an increase, I'd say. But then the whole mindfulness thing kind of is transitioning me away from that. And, you know, like it's always good to do like a social media hiatus or this or that. And I, I did that for the past month or so. Just recently got back on it. And that was very refreshing, my dad. You, uh, you watch uh, Social Dilemma on Netflix? I have not. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember watching that and I was just like completely like taken back. I was like, I felt like I've been lied to my entire life. That touches on like, that like, touches on like backing away from all of it. Yeah. So it's like, essentially like, I don't want to ruin it if you've never watched it, but like the like old Facebook executives, Google executives, like they basically were just like breaking it down saying like how these social media platforms are like used against you because they're trying to get, multiple multiple dopamine hits constantly so that you keep staying on your feed and then while you're on your feed of whatever you're looking at whether it's your email facebook 
um, Instagram, Twitter, it kind of, I mean, I don't have all the you know legit studies of what's going on, but it essentially keeps you on your phone because now your attention is what becomes valuable to these advertising companies. So it's almost like in a way, um, I know it was big with like the past two elections um, and stuff like that with like the fake news and like, you know, a lot of proper properly you know in improper information that has been put out there via social media mm-hmm. and like it talks about how like if there if there isn't a way to control it in the future and it just exposes everything that's going on how it can be like the downfall to society because it's just like it's everything's so quick everything's so instantaneous and then like everyone has an opinion and then it's like if you don't agree with that opinion it's just like you're the bad person um you know i gotta i gotta cancel you i gotta shut you out so like they basically were just saying like how it's manipulating people to act and think and do certain things. And they don't even realize it, which I just, I don't know. I just thought it was completely fucked. And I was like, what is going <laughs> it on? Sounds I'm, like, it. I'm deleting. Yeah. I'm like, I'm deleting these apps right away. Absolutely. I've been off it. I mean, I've been, I've checked it here and there, but um, I've been off it now for, I would probably say like almost six months. I mean, at first I was just like, lost like i don't know what the fuck to do with my time I, i'm looking at my phone but i have nothing to look mm-hmm. at like um you doing that have you found that to help you mentally like your mental health and stuff like that because i know i have it's been a huge benefit yeah absolutely so like i'd be sitting there and i'm working you know 9 30 10 o'clock and, and i'm sitting there rolling and and i get a snapchat you know and then I, it, one snapchat you know that's it click it watch it and the next thing you know i'm scrolling through stories for 15 minutes and it's just like uh, a it was affecting my work and all that b i'm sitting up at the first thing i do in the morning when i wake up at 7 30 is sit on sit on instagram all that for 45 minutes before i go to bed it's an hour you know so i i wanted to stray away from that aspect of it you know kind of be more mentally focused in the now not the past you know you're, you're the, the future of what what life could be like and then i guess trying to idealize what i want to become instead of if i just put in the now and try to figure that out yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely social media is definitely beneficial. I know you use it a lot for your real estate business, as do I. Um, but and it's also the, the way of the world now. So like, there's no getting around it. But I just know that um, d- constantly being on it and being addicted to it, you can be addicted to it without even noticing it. And then it's it causes a lot of like, I would I don't want to say mental health issues, but you do like sometimes catch yourself like, oh, uh, you know, not feeling good enough or not feeling like you're in the right place at the right time, you know, you're behind in life. Um, and then you get, you know, even and like, you gotta be conscious of it. Cause like you catch yourself thinking that, and it's just like, yo, I don't actually believe this. I just think that cause I'm looking at thousands of pictures a day and I'm not even really like filtering what I'm actually looking at. I'm just looking at it hap at like hazardly. Yeah. That's a really good point. And um, I don't want to touch on that being so FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know, I don't think that's uh-huh. ever been as big as it is now. You know, you, you see no. your boys snap like a bit or put on Instagram that they're all together and everything and nobody even fucking texted you. And you're like, like, Hey, it's going to hit you. Like, yo, what the fuck? I didn't want to come, but fuck you guys. Like, you know what I mean? And then it's just like, I just think that's more as it's as big as it's ever been. And it's only getting worse with, Oh, vacations. And then somebody went here or somebody went there. They're doing this, you know, and it, it's crazy how like the mind can think that way when you want to be attached to all of that. 
Well, it's I see it on TikTok. Like I, I, I have a TikTok and I scroll on it because there are some funny. <laughs> yeah. So people are. Cre- <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a sucker for a funny as video, but um, you see like there'll be like travel videos, like things to do here, and there'll be like little clips. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm the mayor of any city and I know everything, but have traveled to a lot of places. I like I see highlights of certain places that I've been to that people will make on TikTok and I'm just like, yeah, that I like that was hyped up completely. Mm-hmm. Like that is not that is nothing. And it like it kind of like the first time I think I noticed it um was when we went to Nashville for the Bills game. That was great. And that was a great see, time. <laughs> uh, I mean, you said you were a middle class kid from Buffalo, you forgot the go Bills in there. So next time you gotta that, say that's that. a sign off, John. <laughs> but yeah that's right so um yeah nashville was a crazy time that was awesome but like while we're at the bars like you know we were you know day drinking or even at the bills game like you see a phone out at all times it's like go to a concert and people aren't even living in the moment no and i it's speaking of concerts but it's funny when i saw you at trev scott (laughs) like out of the blue but like i even noticed that they're there too like um, when I was sitting um, on the floor at Travis Scott, there there was I think I saw one other person that didn't have their phone out the oh, entire yeah. time. So like I don't know, I just had that thought like when we were in Nashville, it's just like yo, like why don't if if because it felt like everyone in Buffalo and everyone that we knew was there. At the Everybody was just like yo, why 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 are you? I don't like I get it, but to me it was just like why do you constantly need to be sharing? Like why can't you just enjoy some things with your boys and just let it Absolutely. be? Like, it's tough, tough world that we live in. You want to show the people, Beans you want to show the people that you're at the game, but you're missing all the people that you're actually at the game with. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. Weird. Like you might miss, you might miss Josh Allen. Ooh, throwing a ball, scoring a touchdown. Segway. I I think What's we up? finally have a Josh Allen fan. Is that right? I I know you as the biggest Josh Allen hater for the past. All right, let me let me <laughs> let me let me. Let me I, I already know that this explanation, because I've had this explanation with Zach and a couple other buddies, and they literally just laugh in my oh, face. I got to grill you on it. I have yes. to grill you on it. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yes, this season was the first season that I was a Josh Allen fan, as, as wild as that sounds. However, though, my thing was, and I know I sound like I'm making an excuse for myself, we, I hate hearing from Bills fans, like diehard Bills fans will damn die, but the only thing that pisses me off is how delusional we can be sometimes. Like, I remember, like, when Tyrod Taylor was doing his thing, and we went to the playoffs, even though he wasn't, like, anything special. Like, he was just a good game manager. Everyone was like – a lot of people, at least, I want to say everyone was like, oh, we need to sign him. That's the quarterback. The best quarterback we've had since Jim Kelly. It's like, okay, well, just because he shows signs doesn't mean he's actually good. Like, um, and my thing with Josh Allen was, like, yeah, he has the potential to be nasty and be what he is right now, but it's like – he was last in completions and last in all that his rookie year and his sophomore year, which yes, I know you got to let the kid have, you know, growth and have some time, but it's just like, we have, we have Lamar, we have uh, Deshaun Watson, we have Pat Mahomes, like those three are some bad boys. And like, that is Allen's competition as a starter. So it's like, we go up against those teams. We don't have a stud QB like that we're just going to keep losing because our defense has never been the issue. However, now that he has, and everyone's been like, just watch, just watch, just watch. 
I'll eat my words. That's fine. As long as you say it now, and I, I, I recall, I recall yeah. getting a, a few texts from you this past uh, every uh, every week. You know, Josh Allen throws uh, three hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns, and it's you texting me every game, like, "Oh, okay, I believe now, I believe." But I mean, yeah, you can hate on the kid all you want. You did it for two and a half years, everything. But who's gonna give you a shot, John? Say you go, say you go to a real estate company. No, you're I not know. Closing deals, everything. What do they just throw you out the door? So I mean, it, it's cool. I, no, eh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, like, yeah, no, I mean, they're not going to throw you out the door, but at the same time, though, like, the way I'm looking at it is that, like, it's, you're in the NFL, it's the creme de la creme, everyone is playing, that everyone at that level is a stud, so it's like, when you're a starter, obviously, you're better than everyone that's not in the NFL, obviously, you're better than every backup, like, you're twice, like, 100 times better than I ever will be at football, however, though, you're being compared against your competition and who's his competition in the elite slash good category. You have the goat, which I hate to say. Hey, I'll Tom give Brady. him all the credit. Um, I'll give him all the credit. Now I hated him for the past 15 years of my life to see him go to Tampa and do it. Hands down. I got to give him, he's not a systematic quarterback, no more hands down the goat. I'll, I'll throw that up there. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's too overwhelming to not admit it. Like if you don't think Tom Brady's a goat, you're just a straight up hater <laughs> or you're a hater. Yeah. Like, there's no other way to put it. But so like, yeah, you're starting QB. There's only 32 of them. You're being compared to everyone. Like I just said, Mahomes, Rogers, Watson, uh, Breeze, uh, Russell Wilson. Like, so it's just like, I'm not going to sit there and say, you're in that category just yet i need to see some things and the other thing is is like a lot of bills fans think sam darnold's trash pretty good i don't think he's trash yeah i think he's good he just hasn't been in a good situation just yet but like you look at their first two years their stats are pretty similar and darnold had a bunch of games over 300 yards which qbs throw 300 yards in their sleep sometimes and it was like Allen didn't have any of those. So I was just looking at those, and I'm just like, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I never played football at an elite level, so who am I? But I was just looking at that as a fan, and I'm like, yeah, he's showing signs, but, like, I'm not ready to crown the dude just yet. Like, goddamn. <laughs> like, we trying to go back to the Super Bowl. I'll, give, just, I'll give him the crown now. I'll, I'll take that. I, he was, he yeah, wasn't the greatest, yeah. no, but I'm, you got to step into your shoes and fill them out a bit before you're great at anything. Oh, 100%. And, like, it's almost unrealistic to ask someone as young as, like, they are. Like, I think he's 24. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that young to just be like, hey, take this franchise to the promised land. Like, there's a lot of, like, mental maturity that you need to I have think that to... leads into the now, now, now mentality that everybody in this world has. You know, everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to be famous, but they don't want to put in the work. So I think that's where maybe it uh -huh. happens stems from. Um, I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix of the work. And I also think like it is, is again, like the mental aspect of it. Like I know we talked about it before, like sticking to sports is that like, I say it all the time. Like when I got to college to play lacrosse, I was not ready. I was not ready at all. Like I thought I was ready, but I wasn't like, I thought I was ready from the aspect of like, okay, um, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing a collegiate sport at a high level. Like I'm here for a reason. Like I know I can play, but then when you actually get there and you have, it's a business essentially. Absolutely. Even college, like, kinda, even college not anything, saying that, yeah, it's all business. 
Yeah, and like college lacrosse is not nowhere near the level of D1 football, D1 basketball, or anything like that. But in general, it's just like when you get to that level and you're at that level, it's no longer can you play. You obviously can play. It's a business. And what comes along with that business is the mindset and mental maturity. Like when I first got to Hobart, I didn't play my freshman year flat out because every single kid on that roster was better than me. And then like I know we had All-Americans on our bench that were high school Americans, but weren't playing, you know what I mean? So it becomes super competitive. And then I think as a young guy, um, you are so used to playing and you're so used to being like the guy for your team prior to that. When you come into a situation where you're not getting reps in practice because you're just not good enough yet. And then you're actually not playing and you have to sit for the first time ever. It gives you that, like, I know I did. I was just like, yo, I don't even have fun with this anymore. And so it's just like kind of gives you that uh, like I thought like, oh, I kind of want to quit. I want to give up. I want to do these things. But I think that like before you get there, which I think Josh Allen does, you have to have like a really, really like good head on your shoulders in terms of like I'm here to do the job that's being asked. Whereas like for me and I feel like a lot of kids, they come out of high school. They're like, all right, dope. I'm going to a good program, I'm going to a good school. I'm in college about to have the time of my life. Um yeah, I don't I think it makes a lot of kids question whether they actually like it that much because it is tough for some people. It's the mental way. Exactly. You're only as strong as your mindset, right? I think that's Yeah, which I think is kind of and I, I don't know where people get it from. I'm fascinated by it. Um not like the motivations, not 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 like motivational speakers or stuff, but just like the mindset to like get something accomplished or bring something that you have in your head into reality of by doing like, like hard work and stuff like that. Like, I know I did not, I did not have that mental maturity. I was just straight. I was one of those kids. I was like, yo, I know I'm good. I'm going to get to college. I'm going to coast. I'm going to party my face off. I'm going to play. And then whatever happens, happens. It was the exact opposite. And then I got myself questioning like, yo, it's five degrees in Geneva, New York, there's a snowstorm and we're practicing and doing conditioning drills right now on a random Tuesday at 5 a.m. Like, fuck out of here. I don't, I don't even know why I'm here. I mean, it's, I'd say it's a, people come in, you know, some people have that mindset and most don't. It's, it's can callous mm-hmm. in mind. Who can take the baby steps before they're running, you know? And it's weird. It's like I said, it's all now, now, now. And in my eyes, it always was until I started to be a lot more mindful of where I am to where I will be, you know, it's, yeah. So my dream is, you know, to have a whole bunch of rentals, you know, have a hundred, hundred, hundred door apartment complex somewhere, you know, but how the hell am I going to get there? Get my first rental, get my second rental, third, fourth, fifth, 10th, 20th, you know, and let things like patch out and come in, do the work, put your head down, focus straight line, you know, and, and it'll come to it instead of, taking a leap and just praying that it all comes comes and works out. Now, how did you, um, like, going on what you just said, like, in terms of, like, the mental aspect and all that stuff, like, where, where did that – where did you first get, like, a taste of, like, okay, I need to make sure up top is firing and on, on all cylinders before I even attempt to do what I want to do next? Because, like, going back to, like, the lacrosse thing, like – I don't like I never had and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I've never had like uh, I would say like a mindset mentor in terms of someone that was just like there's a process to it. There's going to be there's going to be valleys. There's going to be mountains like it's going to be up. It's going to be down. It's going to be a rocky process. But if you just stay committed to the process and you take this journey like 
it could end up somewhere. And I didn't, I didn't really think about it like that or experience that. Um, and so uh, coach Raymond who came over from Princeton um, is coach. He's still the coach at Hobart. Um, phenomenal coach. One of the best coaches I've ever had, but he, I, at least in my opinion, I thought he taught the game from a very like mindset perspective of like, don't worry, don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about, you know, the, the end result, like every single moment of every single game, like the, in every, like every minute of that, you have a job to do, do that job perfectly as possible. And then the results will take care of themselves. And that was something I didn't even realize I was missing out on until I was done playing lacrosse, graduated college and then got in the real world. So I think it's interesting when I see like young people that have the talent, but then they have the, uh, the mental game with it, kind of like a Mahomes in terms of like, mm-hmm. we're talking football um, or just like super young, like players like that. Like you see like a Zion or someone like that, which um, now with, and, and I know you being in real estate, you have a mentor. Is that, is that something that like he helped you develop or were you already on that like, process so i wasn't on it at all i was always yeah i can give there's a little story that my first big boy doctor you know i just turned 18 everything like this and and i go to the doctor and you you know you fill out a little little server you know any pain this that you know and the the one time it's like are you happy or whatever just a basic question and it was like a scale of one to ten or he's like "Uh, are you happy all the time it's like scale one to ten and i put like a nine you know like yeah i'm pretty happy but i mean shit as we're humans as anybody else you know you, you got your your two percent of bad days and the first thing he came in whoa uh, i noticed that you scored a, a nine out of ten or, or whatever on this and or it, maybe it was a question about your depression and all that so i circled like a two out of ten because hey i got i got my bad days and he asked me and he's like hey you want to see uh you want you want to get to go see a specialist you want me to prescribe you something i'm like Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're not going to tell me that 99 out of 100 days, everything's good. But that one day, everything is just shit. You know what I mean? You're in a dark place and all that. So that was like the first taste of it. Like, okay, maybe maybe not everybody would put a one or a two on that list. But, hey, I was like, maybe it's just getting my emotions in check. I'm either I'm happy-go-lucky or I was, you know, in a dark place. So now it's like, hey, like. Everything, you know, the, the more I be, the more I practice it, the more I learned. When I started to learn it, my first taste of it was I moved in here. My brother's a big runner and everything, doing yoga, big on meditation. Wait, I want to stop you right there. You're, I remember this. Your brother, brother did ran 100 miles, yeah. Down in a. Was he with David? No, was he with no, Gaggins but or, that or, was it. Fuck, like, that was the book <laughs> that got me into mindfulness and all that. And it got him into running, actually. So it's really funny that you say that. Um, but, yeah, he, he ran 100 miles out in, uh, in oh, what was the city? Yeah, because you were Snapchatting. It was, no, no, you weren't Snapchatting. It was you right outside San Antonio. I can't think of the little city that it was in, but it's it's funny. It's actually where uh, Matthew McConaughey lived. He says it in his book. It's a fire, not uh, I want to say fireball because of uh, Josh Allen, but uh, it's it, it's a city that he lived in too. So where he ran the hundred miles is actually like where McConaughey grew up, or one of the cities that he stayed. So it was it's, it was really funny that I'll connect the dots. Yeah, the thought of doing hundred miles all at once. I mean, obviously you take your time and you pace yourself and that, but the thought of doing a hundred miles, 
I'd rather step in yeah. the octagon with John Jones than <laughs> I know that sounds outrageous, <laughs> but like I'd rather step in the octagon with John Jones and the story in my opinion is cooler. Yeah. Um but no, that's that's crazy. How did how many how long did it take you guys to finish? It took him thirty so you didn't it took necessarily him run it. Thirty two hours, I believe. I I walked slash brisk jog the last eleven with him, pitch black, two in the morning last night in uh, San Antonio. But I mean I finished with him just because Hey, if something happened to him, you're here in the middle of the wilderness on uh, outside San Antonio. So I, I, I gave him some some mental support. I'm part of his support team. So anywhere he goes and runs a marathon, he ran uh, he ran 31. I was with him riding the bike. He ran 50. I was there, you know, traveling to uh, each pit stop and everything, getting uh, making sure his shoes are good, making sure you know he's he, he's hydrated and all that, staying on uh, staying on his back, making sure he's eating enough, everything. So I mean, I'm part of the support team. Really, anywhere he runs, and I always will be. He's the one who brought me down to to Richmond. He's the one who's uh, always been that supportive person. Me and me and him have always been tight. So I uh, try to reciprocate that and give it back to him. But, uh, yeah, I feel that's my obligation to my brother, you know, kind of uh, help him out. What uh, are you very you close? Both, yeah, assuming, always right? have been. Yes, I, that's the vibe I got when I first met him, um, which I think is so dope because as an only child, that's something that like now I, I, I would not change anything about my life. But that is one thing that would be cool if you could, you know, do a little ad. <laughs> I'll give you that, that I always want to be an only child, but I'm the third born. So if my mom only wanted one, I wouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> so I can't look at it <laughs> yeah, that, no, 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 that way. Yeah. But I mean, having two other brothers. <laughs> no, I know. I just, I just look at it from, like, the perspective of, like, I know a lot of uh, siblings that yeah. are really close. And, like, they have the time. They yeah, have a we've, great we've, time together. Now we've, like, that we've gone be- to eight Bills games, um, eight outside stadiums, Detroit, uh, Jacksonville, Nashville, um, Minnesota, and a couple more I can't even think of right now. But, yeah, so we've gone to eight Bills games, or oh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. There's one more. I don't remember. But uh, gone to Europe. Uh, twice with them or three times actually i uh, went to southeast asia with him you know I, I live with him now and everything so i mean yeah we've always been super close and I, it, it might not be a maybe it's because he's my older brother not a, a jealous aspect that i have but he just drives me to uh to get shit done and, and stay on my shit so uh, it's really uh uh goes both ways that i see him doing successful makes me want to be more successful i see him you know traveling uh, makes me want to travel yeah, it's like the old uh, oh, iron, yeah. iron. Like you see, you see, you see an example of something, and you're like, "Yo, I want that." And like, and the cool thing is, he's going, four years older he, than me, so it's I'm always chasing him. But I always have that. When he's forty, I'm gonna be thirty six. I'm like, "You're old as shit." When he's fifty, I'm gonna be forty six. Like, yo, I'm still young, <laughs> yeah, yeah. dog. Like, so it's always a cool aspect, a way, a way to look at it. And and if he's doing this, at least I still got four years to catch him. Or I mean, he's here. He's he's killing. It. He's the CEO of my company that I work with. You know, he's he he. he Got his shit together. He uh-huh. runs a hundred miles. That inspires me, you know. And this guy's finances straight, everything. So it's just making me driving me to do that same thing. Dude, a hundred. I still no can't way. Do that hundred miles. That's insane. I ran two. I ran two. Uh, yeah, I ran two yeah. miles at five thirty, and I'm still short winded. I think. <laughs> We used to, when I was at Mercyhurst, we used to run these things called, and they were like conditioning for uh, lacrosse, and we would, they, they were called loops and a halfs, and it's basically like around campus, on the streets of Erie, and that I think would be, end up being like 3.4 miles maybe, maybe a little less, 
but um you we would we would run it in like under a half hour but it's parts of the streets are downhill parts of the streets are uphill and just doing that felt like Dude, I it's did brutal miles so it's like br- the, <laughs> the fact that you're actually running 100 miles and you're going on trails and you're going up down left right like oh it was crazy what that the felt. altitude but, gain, I mean, pretty the altitude gain was like what is it um how high is Denver? 6,280 feet above the ground or 5,280 mile high city, right? I think a mile is 5,284. I think it was like somewhere shy of 4,000 was the elevation gain. And, dude, you're at the bottom of the mountain and you're running and it's pretty crazy. You get to the top, you feel that, like dead ass. Like it is – it's it, it's constraining on your lungs. It's constraining on your body. But, dude, it's it's all a mental game. As in to, I could say it was really anything in life, it's, it's really that tough aspect of – Hey, my body's saying no, you know, you're done, you're done, you're done. But my mind's saying, you still got some fucking gas in your tank. Let's get this done. Let's, you'll, you'll, you'll you know, I, I'm not trying to cry tomorrow when I don't finish. I'm trying to stand and be the victor of it all. Were you guys, when you guys were in Boulder, did you, uh, not when I was in Boulder? Like I just went out to Denver, um, October for my birthday. And uh, we went to uh, the, the the Three Sisters Peaks, I think I think it's called, or something like that. But we did some hiking and everything like that. So not too much, uh, not too much, real deep hiking or real real uh, real much to climb, but a little bit. You know, it's always good to see the view from the top. Yeah, dude, it's uh, Denver's Denver's an interesting place because it's like when you first are like going on a run, you're hiking, you don't take into effect that like there is an elevation difference. <laughs> I remember when six and I, six, six and I went on our first hike. Um, there were times where I was just like catching myself like that SpongeBob meme. Out of breath, and I'm just like, yeah, damn. Like I, like I work out pretty regularly, like run and stuff like that. But like just from hiking, like I couldn't yeah, believe like, how out of breath I was. Now, um, one last thing I want to touch on before we go here uh, was, so you being in Virginia, you said that you were out in California and it didn't really work out. It didn't pan out for you the way that you expected it to. Um, Right after college, I took off and I went to Boston, Massachusetts because my buddy Mark, my dog, he convinced me to move to Boston, kind of like how you were just like, fuck it, Cali it is, let's go. That was my perspective. And I was like, fuck it, Boston, Boston it is. Because I felt the same way about Buffalo. Like, it was stagnant. Like, I didn't, you know, really feel as though, like, it was where I should be. So I just said, fuck it, and I went. Um, went broke living there. Same thing. Because I couldn't afford rent same or thing. anything. Yeah, bro. Like, I couldn't. And. And it was weird because it was just like, I didn't feel shameful telling that to my roommates, like just being like, yo guys, um, I'm going back home. Cause I ain't got a dollar in my fucking name. <laughs> but at the same time, like there was a lot of lessons learned. There was a lot of cool things that I got to do in Boston. Um, like go my, like Mark, he took me to the AFC championship game, Bill's pa- or not Bill's Pats. Uh, I wish um, it was the Ooh, Jags yes. and, Blake the Pats, and we got to see Brick. Yeah. We almost oh, I know, I know. I wanted to see a pick yeah, I wanted to see a pick six from Jalen Ramsey. Dude, they were tight back in those days. Oh yeah. Yeah, they had they had Calais, they had Calais They had, they were that. stacked, yeah. Um, they had uh, two wide receivers too. Uh, yeah, Duclay. Oh, who the hell were they? Now wasn't the one like 
Char- he's now shark or something like that. He's now they had oh man, I, I gotta look it up, dude. They were so sick back then. Yo, I wanted to see Jalen Ramsey have a pick six so bad because the way oh, that man, man runs his mouth and backs it up with his play. I know a lot of people don't fuck with him like that, but I I love watching that guy play football. So that I was oh, hoping yeah. for a Brady pick six. Oh, they had Keenan Cole he back got then. To see, uh, Keenan, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I know <laughs> Keenan Allen. <laughs> I don't know no damn Keenan Cole. <laughs> I don't know no damn Keenan Cole. Nah, that's all good. But-, it, but then coming back home after having left Boston, reorganizing, and you know, still like not really sure. Like I knew what I wanted to do. Like I, you know, I've been doing real estate since, and it's been a blast. It's very hard, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I have the flexibility um to travel because it's a job that is commission-based so you don't like you don't have set like there's no set salary it's like whatever whatever deals you do that's how much you make there's no you know you get no salary no bonus no 401k like none of those things that like a normal job had so my thought was like okay i'll come back home um go out to i don't know where i'm gonna go next i'm just gonna you know kind of figure it out i was at home for a year and then um then my two buddies, my two roommates from Mercyhurst, they same thing as uh, Mark did. They were just like, yeah, I'll move to Denver. Mm-hmm. Just come out here. Like, fuck it. Like, whatever. We're young. And I did. That didn't pan out again. And now I'm back in Buffalo. But um, without getting into, like, the details of it, there was a lot of, like, personal growth that happened along that way that those fa- – I don't even look at them as failures, honestly. But, like, failing in Boston, failing in Denver, and still, like – coming back after a second time being like, yo, I have no fucking clue what I'm going to do in life and no idea what's next or anything like that. In a weird way, I think has been the, actually not, I think I know has been the best thing to ever happen to me thus far. Do you find that like you yeah. have similar experiences with like the different places you've been and like the different things that like you once wanted that blew up in your face and like didn't pan out. And then you're back to the drawing board of like, fuck dude. I got to figure something out. Like, I don't know what I want to do. So I think, yeah, absolutely. I think those experiences always teach you the most. Um, One who is like you said, Hey, I got to tell my buddies, like guys, I'm fucking broke. Like (laughs) I had five months of funds and it's, it's four and a half months in, you know, you just let them know, but he like humility, being able to accept that and see the big picture of it all and everything, instead of trying to, you know, force something that's not going to really happen to to pan out or hoping that something good comes from it. Just, just taking the step back and say, Hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go live in my boss house again. You know, I got a free place to stay there. Screw all this shit. And, and just like you said, sharpening like iron sharpens iron, but you know, just kind of mastering your craft, stepping back, you know, a step back is always good unless you, but you know, I mean, you got to be taking five steps forward from it, but it's always kind of building that ground to, uh, to spring yourself forward ahead more. Yeah. You, you went, you moved back in with your mom when, uh, yeah, and that didn't yep. work out, right, Kelly? I was 19. I was like, yeah, yeah at least I got, I'm blessed to have a place to come home to and everything. And she was open arms. So, yeah, might as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and thank God. Like, that was my experience, too. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, you know my mom. Like, anyone that knows my mom, shout out the OG, <laughs> a real gangster. Um, but that, like, <clears throat> What was you say now? Where do you think now with being in Virginia, having you know, I know you said that your brother uh, has mentored you a little bit, and your current boss has mentored you about. If you were talking to eighteen-year-old Vinny right now, 
fresh out of high school, about to go into college, what what would you tell him? It's a good question. Just about, you know, just, you know, about life. Um, about I would say face, uh, just the mindset behind it. Like what, like what could an 18, like what can an 18 year old fresh out of college? I mean, fresh out of high school, about to be a freshman in college, learn from your I experience would, yeah, in life. I would far. say live in the now, you know, live in the present, be more, be more open with things, taking time, greatness, you know, taking time to, to come out and play everything, you know, instead of rushing all this or always wanting more and everything, I'd say be more mindful of the present, enjoy the moment in every aspect, you know, and, and stop looking back on things and stop wishing to be forward and things. So, I mean, that would be number one. Uh, Number two would be stay close with those who matter Stop wasting your time with uh, like OCP or OQP, only quality people. Stop wasting time with all your friends that you're bullshitting with and, you know, gossiping and this and that, you know, kind of kind of find that solid crew that is going to be there in 10 years, 20 years that you can trust instead of spending time with the ones that, hey, I don't even talk to anymore. So that'd be number two. And number three would be ask for help more. Definitely ask questions. That would That's probably yes. number one, but that's the biggest yes. thing, you know, ask for help. It's strange. It's strange as how, yes. um, I'd say animalistic we are and, you know, egotistical most of us are like, or the male expectality, you know, we don't need any help ever. Ask for fucking help. No matter who I, I would slap myself in the face if I was 18 and say, stop fucking being so shy and get the answers that you're looking for instead of trying to find them yourself. Yeah. I, I think the the asking the question, I think, why, why do you think people are so afraid to ask questions? Like, cause I, I mean, I know that, that there's a bevy of reasons and like, um, for hey, some people it's their personality. 18 year old Vinny I, knew everything. <laughs> you know, I swear that kid knew, that kid knew everything. 20, 26 year old Vinny. I don't know jack shit about the world. I think I do. But I know I don't. But eighteen-year-old Vinny, yes. dude, that kid, that kid knew how to fucking start a business, growing up, be a billionaire, fucking go to space. That kid knew everything. I hate that kid. I hate that kid, dog. <laughs> no, no, I. It's funny. I was having that conversation with my mom the other night, and I was telling her, I'm like, I definitely like, I definitely want to have kids when uh, when I'm older. But like, the thought of having like a younger me, and then the attitude I had, and like how I thought I knew everything, and like. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're in the old generation, like all that. I don't. I probably slap the fuck out of myself. <laughs> like honestly, it's just like, yo, listen up. Now, do you read um any any books you read? Anything that um any books you read, hobbies you're into that helps you with like uh you know where you're headed as a person um in both like life and yeah. So uh, your business? I, I've been reading a lot lately. My New Year's resolution goal was to read two books a month. Um. Sitting in March, I, I, I'm at 304, just started a new one beginning of March. So, uh, oh, yeah, I got to overlap that at, point, at some point this month, three, three or something to catch up for that lack of a month. But, hey, uh, I've been reading a lot, you know, a lot of mindfulness books. Um, so there's this guy, Plum, he, he's a runner of Plum Village. His name's like Tai Nachi or something like that, you know, but they call him, uh, he's the, the I'd say, I don't even want to say something, the Zen master, whatever he is, you know, the head guru at Plum Village is what it's called. And I read this book, uh, Like Buddha, Like Mind. And it's it, that was a really good book that I read. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Matthew McConaughey book I read this year, uh, The Alchemist was my first time picking that up and uh, read that book. Uh, I'm in the middle of Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. So 
I will get into the business mindset books, but right now I'm just focusing on getting my shit in my head uh, all uh, all tweaked out and, and figured out before I get into uh, anything further. Now, uh, next one, next question before we, well, I got two more questions before we go. Who? It's this is a double question, but um, who motivates you? I don't. I don't like motivation. Um, who? Who? Who do you find that inspires you? Whether that's like someone you know personally, or someone that like you've seen clips of, or like it could be anyone. But like, who is someone that you're just like, I, f- I, f- I fuck with like what they're up to and what they're doing, and like, and I, it, they inspired me to want to do more and be better. Oh, that's another good question. Um, I'd say Eric Thomas, Et, the hip hop preacher, or whatever on Instagram, you know. But I never really listened to him much and everything. But you know, waking up seeing that, seeing that video of you know you got to address this shit you gotta you gotta go forward with it no one's here to save you and all that that he gets me going um i like listening to like uh interesting people on podcasts i like dr christopher ryan tangentially speaking you know i I like listening to theo vaughn if i need a good laugh and everything but i I, those are a lot of people that get me through my days keep my head in check and all that and jay shetty of course and and really just i don't know man it so besides the books besides the people do you have any uh hobbies that you do that help you and when you're going through a tough time or um are helping you get to like get that mental clarity of like okay like what do i want in life what do you know what am i what am i going for and like or even sometimes you're having a bad day and you just like i'm gonna yeah. go this just to clear my mind yeah every morning like, what I helps stretch me. you know and that's my big thing every morning 15 minute stretch every day no not at all no, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk all day no way no but it just <laughs> it just gets me going it gets me you know i wrestled in high school so i mean that was the most limber i ever was or most uh, I don't know if limb is the right word, but the most, the most, fuck, I don't even know. Like, is it limber? limber? I mean, I I'm going to go with it because tight or something, I, I, but I who knows? But I don't, honestly, I, I have no idea. I don't know if limber is limber. 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 No, I think limber, limber is being like a board. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, know, I mean. Uh, other than stretching, I stretch every day, you know, uh, every night before bed, I, I meditate with myself, you know, listen to uh, some meditations, 10%. Um, Joseph Goldstein, you know, him, he's he's super strong with my meditation side. And uh, that's really, yeah, I mean, that breathing, meditation, kind of the same thing almost, um, yoga, stretching. Uh, I'm a big bath guy, you know, I haven't really been taking baths often, but. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. Is it a clean tub? Because <laughs> I think. Well, why do you think it's foul? Yeah, then I just I, I, you just bathe. Yeah, when I get up and shower. Like dirt. Oh, okay, maybe I'm a little. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, so I, but I sit there. I sit <laughs> there with with a book for 45 minutes. You know, soaking in some hot water. You know, kind of kind of feeling good you know it's like sitting in a hot tub or anything like that you know feeling good got some got some candles going maybe some bubbles in there meditating reading a book and all that and then i get up and i shower mm-hmm. right when i'm done and everything and I've, I've never felt more in tune with myself and never felt more relaxed ever in, in, until i take them baths try one dog i am sitting here saying like i fucking do the same thing uh, uh well i cleaned the tub before but oh, probably like okay. a month ago 
I did probably I well, uh yeah probably like a month ago but I was just sitting in there because I was cold as fuck and I'm like yeah I need to have you uh, have you ever done water, uh, but... what do they call them no um yeah like a, like a float like a, a sensory deprivation float like that no oh, they're they, great they, I, they're I, great I want to. it's um there's there's a place. There's a place in Amherst, I believe, that does it. Um, I was looking it Dude, up the other day. They're but great. I want to because I find I find meditation and yoga, as funny as that sounds, to be like the most like helpful thing for me um, whenever I'm going through something mentally, or I'm just like down in the dumps, or you know something's not going right, or I even need to like figure something out because it's just the the, the whole breathing, the centering yourself. Um, no, no, probably no. sound like a clown trying to explain it, but absolutely. I say meditation is, is I'm sitting in my thoughts all day and everything. I know there's five things that are deep down that I gotta, like, I gotta get start working on, you know what I mean, to get better at everything. And when I meditate, I let those things just come right to, right to the top of my brain and focus on them. So, I mean, it's really something that's going to bring everything to the surface whenever uh, in your life. And, and shit, most people go through life with just, Throwing, sweeping things under the rug and not focusing on them and not, you know, doing anything about them. But I think meditation is a very strong point to A, figure out who you are and B, figure out how you're going to get there. So I totally agree. It's, I mean, I'm still learning about it and like working my way into it. Like, very, oh, very basic. I'm a beginner, beginner too. Um, but I've been doing it for six months and I'm still a beginner. Yeah, but it's, I've, do you find that it's like, where has this been my entire yeah. life? Yeah, I'm glad it found me now, you know, so I could learn all those lessons and everything that I went through and all the stupidity that I did and shit that I, I probably wouldn't have got into. So I'm glad it found me now. I think everything that every step you take, you know, every every person you talk to, there's a reason behind all of that and that and that aspect. So I think I'm, I'm very happy with it. Me finding out about it now and, and focusing on it in my, in, in my 25, 26 year old year instead of trying to... Uh, be a perfect little human when I'm 16, still learning. Oh, yeah, dude. No one's 18 year old Vinny was perfect. He knew fucking everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fuck that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, especially even funnier because, like, I've, I knew you when you were 18. That's what's even funnier, which we were all like little shitheads back then. Um, so what's what's so what you got the real estate going? You're living in Virginia. Um, I know COVID is pretty much fucked up your. Oh, I was supposed to be in Africa. Like I was supposed to be in Africa that, three um, weeks ago, Africa. dog. I was about to say, like you always have, you always have some nutty shit that you're up to. So, um, what's what's next? Like, what is 2021 looking like for you? And uh, yeah, 2021 is that. the year of growth. You know what I mean? So 2020 happened and all that, and Mars shut down and all that, and it really. So I always say COVID, I always say the pandemic, This that was the year that either made you or broke you. You know what I mean? And fortunately, it made me. It, it, it was, you know, everybody's just as lost as they are. Nobody's used to sitting with their own thoughts or sitting by themselves for that, that long period of time. But I got used to it. You know, maybe it was meditation. Maybe it was, hey, I'm comfortable in my own body and my own thoughts and everything like that. But, I mean, that was a strong thing. So that built me up to this. Um, maybe now focus a little more, keep going. I'm going for my real estate license right now. I just started classes two days ago, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's so that'll go. be cool, you know, and then uh, I mean, just kind of 
perfect my craft, perfect my mindset, and uh, we'll see where 2022 takes us. All right. I know I said last question about five different times now. Actual last question. You get your real estate license. You have, you, you could sell, you could sell anywhere in the world. Who are you selling to and where is this house? It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It could literally just be anyone. Like you could say like the, the, the prince of yeah. Egypt or some, someone, even though that's kind of a celebrity. I think a really cool sale that I'd just, make, the first thing that I had probably like Mark Cuban or something, you know, that'd be, I'd, yeah, but no, yeah. Like someone big? Anybody you say is going to be big, you know, <laughs> I want to sell a house to my dad, you know, uh, <laughs> no, my mom like that. Dude, I wanna, I wanna. Oh sell yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yo, they relocate, they relocate the the White House, and it's just like, yo, let me, yeah. uh, let me sell that. <laughs> uh, but all right, my guy, I appreciate you doing this. Um, I'm definitely gonna have you on again. Um, yeah, so thank you for being on. Any any, any questions you got for me? No, I'll see you when I see you, brother. So I do appreciate your time and everything and you getting this going. This is what, number one for you, correct? Yeah, I yeah, it's number one. I originally got the idea back in um, when – well, I've always – as dumb as it sounds, I've always had a fear of being on stage. I've always had a fear of being in front of a large group of people. And for anyone that knows me, they know that I don't Never. ever shut the fuck up. I have a lot. I have a big personality, big personality, very energetic and just go, go, go. Um, but the thought of, you know, being on YouTube or doing anything like that, I'm like, nah, I can't. I don't even do it. I don't even put the camera on my face when I'm doing listings. Like I want nothing to do with it. But I was just like, like you said, it's just like, you're cut off from the world. You're not really seeing people face to face. And then with like podcasts, it's like, it's just a recorded conversation, honestly. So I was just like, you know what? Like there are some things that I want to talk about with some people. I want to ask some people some things. I want to learn from some people. And you know what? Fuck it. Uh, in the meantime, I'm yeah, just I mean, we, we would be doing this so. sitting in like as New York anyway, or sitting over drinking a beer or anything. This would be the same exact conversation, I'd assume. So, I mean, yeah exactly so i'm just like you know what why don't i just record it if you know and then i have i have a conversation have good convos with people learn some things you know and then it's just like it's fun oh absolutely we'll do another one in six months a year see where we're at um mentally physically what we're doing in our career and everything like that and it's just gonna help us be a little milestone that that maybe uh we gotta live up to and hope that we both do Million dollar listing agent, my guy. Thank you. I appreciate everything, John. I'll catch you. All things red, baby. Go Bills. Stay on the Zoom real quick.